Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 142 of On the Flank. I'm one of your hosts, John George, alongside Joe Kirkpatrick. Say hello, Joe. Hey, everybody. And Joe, uh, another week in the offseason took a little break, and because of that, uh, we are we got a whole list of signings here to go through, um, including some news uh, just about the game in general. Uh, but man, my Twitter feed, Joe, has been full of just... <laughs> So many spicy signings. Uh, it's crazy. What a cra- have we had this crazy of an off season, Joe? It's, it feels you know maybe it's maybe it's just front loaded. I don't know, but yeah, the last month has just yeah it's felt very um, very unique in terms of what we've seen before. Oh yeah, I I mean I feel like I've I remember some good off season. It's just and there has been some insane signings, but in the past at least but you're right this was just all at once it feels like and it's the craziest um off season for that to happen because this is like going to be one of the longest off seasons and it's a brand new game in overwatch 2 i I expected maybe more people would like take their time with the signings and like try to like really think like okay who's going to be good at overwatch 2 but no everyone is just rushing to sign these big names of course that are looking for team or that got dropped um in the off season of course because so many did but we'll get to those signings later first we have um news just about the game in general to lead off our show here um first one is about blizzcon online um they announced that it's not going to happen this year. They will still be announcing new things about games, including Overwatch 2, um, as as they have it for us, they said. Um, but yeah, um, BlizzCon, it seems like they're going to take some time here to reimagine BlizzCon as we know it. Of course, the pandemic kind of threw everything off. Um of course, there's Blizz, Blizzard's had a very tough year as well overall. So, um, yeah, seems like seems like the right move for them right now. Although it will be sad to just have no BlizzCon this year. I think this is just the first time and since it started since there's no BlizzCon in a year. Pretty sad stuff, right, Joe? Yeah, sixteen years. I think it says yeah. you know, we haven't had. Uh... Um, you know, Overwatch World Cup or anything for a while um, mm-hmm. there at that event. But yeah, um, you, you, you uh, keep the news, keep the game updates, um, and at least for now, suspend the the actual physical event. It, you know, it's it it's worth something, I guess. <laughs> at least, um, at least for this year. Yeah, I've never been in person, anyways, so I guess it's just the same BlizzCon that I've always um, witnessed. I guess just to get, still get my announcements um, in news. But yeah, uh, we'll keep you updated with that. Um, There was a new experimental patch, and it's the first one since July, Joe has pointed out on here, which, yeah, I guess that makes sense. There has not been many um, changes uh, here here this year. I mean, it's November now. Literally, today's November 1st since July. Wow. All right, Joe, if you want to go through these, it looks like there are four changes. Yeah, and they're uh, probably out now, I would think, because they came out on um, October 21st, because uh, it's been that long since we had our show. But um, um, there for a while, we had a patch um, that included a uh, change to Torbjorn, where his overload cooldown was reduced by 2 seconds, uh, from 10 to 8, uh, and his alternate fire uh, ammo consumption reduced from 3 to 2 per shot, so that's his super close-range shotgun. Um, got a real big buff there. Um, change to uh, good old Cole Cassidy, uh, who of course hadn't been uh, named that at the time of this patch, uh, where his uh, Deadeye um, g- g- got a change so that the initial um, speed at which the damage ramps up, once you press Q, um, it's it's slower at the beginning and then it gets faster, but the slow period was reduced from 0.8 seconds to 0.5 um, and he got uh, an old buff that he used to have um, there in the past. Uh, I forget when exactly, but probably a year ago or more now, um, where he could uh, combat roll in the air. It was briefly added and then taken out, and then they put it back into this experimental patch. Uh, so that's, that's significant for him. 
Uh, Moira got a change where once uh, any of her, her healing orb or her damage orb latches onto an opponent, uh, it'll slow down more um, from 27.5% of its normal speed down to 15% of its normal speed. Um, so it's almost half as fast, I suppose. Um, and then Junkrat. <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty big changes. Primary Fire, um, where it does um, more damage if you hit a direct uh, from 40 to 90 damage Insane. of just impact. <laughs> um, and the explosion damage reduced from 80 to 60, so from a max of 120 up to a max of 150 per shot. Um, uh, impact damage has fall off, um, and it's got it's 20% fall off um, at a certain range, and the amount of knockback that the primary fire does was reduced slightly. And uh, yeah, that was that was quite the experimental patch, and the uh, the devs acknowledged it even as well. I, I didn't link the forum post or whatever it was um, on our rundown, but the, the, I believe it was a forum post that came out, you know, a week or so after this experimental patch card came out. Or maybe it was on Reddit or something. Uh, but it was somebody official saying, um, yeah, we were just kind of trying this, see how it works. Uh, very clearly didn't work. So, <laughs> uh, you know, this Junkrat, you know, too powerful on this patch. Uh, McCree, too powerful on this patch. Um, <laughs> so it, it wasn't, wasn't going to go through. But, um, uh, but it, yeah, so notably, you know, that's interesting that they uh, were so... Um, uh, you know, transparent about that. There's a, yeah, no, this is very clearly not what our goal was, but, um, but yeah, just a very interesting patch overall too. Yeah, definitely. I could see that being a little controversial. I mean, Junkrat's just always a, a hero, but when he gets too OP, it's like clear, it's clear as day. Um, and it's very annoying to a lot of people. So yeah. Um, very interesting there. Very interesting patch in general, Joe. You mentioned Cole Cassidy. Um, that piece of news came out as well during our break. Uh, McCree got his new name. He is now known as Cole Cassidy. Um, my initial reactions to, to the change, Joe, were I actually liked it. Like, I was very worried that it wasn't going to be good because it's very hard to name some, to make a new name for someone. Um, but in general, I think it's a pretty good name. The only thing I don't like is the in-game, his name is Cassidy. I like Cole better. I like just calling him Cole. Um, Cassidy just seems... I mean, I know it's like barely longer than Cole, but it seems it like feels longer to me. Um, that's my only big complaint. I know a lot of people are... It's going to take a very long time for people to get used to this, if ever, for a lot of people too. So um, what were your initials reaction to the name, James Joe? Uh, yeah, as far as, you know, uh, taking a long time to get used to it, if this was a, a visual medium instead of a podcast, we could just have a little thing going in the corner about, like, the McCree counter or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just count out, because I've, I've already done it once this show. But, um, uh, but, but yeah, I was a, a little underwhelmed, I think, with the new name announcement. Like, it's fine. Um, I, I don't have anything against it. I was just like, okay, yeah, it's. <laughs> I wasn't like blown away uh, by by Cole Cassidy as a name, but um, uh, notably, it didn't come out uh, at least yet with um, any of the the lore that we were promised, which you know I uh, I guess is not super surprising because they probably wanted to get the change out to the actual physical game as soon as they could. Um, um, but yeah, new hero. Uh, I. I still anticipate lots of you know accompanying material to go with it but um but yeah cold casty cold's a, a definitely a better a better call out as far as that goes um, <laughs> um people were commenting about um that it's, it's funny because it's like ash and coal now and they're both yeah. like <laughs> fire related yeah which i don't know maybe maybe that was intentional maybe it, I, I don't know but <laughs> we'll uh We'll see how that evolves, but I think yeah, it's it's good that it's out. It's good that you know that conversation, um, that in as much as it was a conversation, um, you know, with the community is is done, um, and people can start or people can stop freaking out about it. I guess yeah, <laughs> is is a benefit of of that. Um, but yeah, we're we're well on our way at this point. Oh yeah, um, 
yeah, I'm super interested to see how this <laughs> goes going forward, especially in Owl as well. Obviously, the casters will be calling him Cassidy and all that stuff. Maybe people, people will get used to it quickly. Um, but yeah, should be interesting to see. Um, as well as alongside it, they gave out a actually free battle tag change to everyone. So if you want to have you, if you've been wanting to change your battle tag, um, now's the time you have four more days to do it. Uh, November 5th is the last day you can do it. Uh, but very nice of Blizzard to give everyone an, a free name change. Um, yeah, because normally they'll charge you. I forget how much, but yeah, I think it might be like not five an bucks or something. Amount. Yeah. yeah, five or ten dollars. It was something like that. But yeah, nice to get a free one. Um. All right, as well as a patch that came out with this where, where um, of course, his name was put in there and a bunch of bugs, uh, some bug fixes. Yeah. There, so. yeah, nothing super intense there. No. Uh, but yeah, those are the. that's the game news, I guess, before we get into these signings now here. Um, and we're leading it off with, a, with the Los Angeles Gladiators, who I think have had a very eventful couple weeks here while we've been gone, for sure. Um, they have made some, some really cool signings. They've had a lot of controversy around them as well. So let's start off with the signings. We'll get, get into the controversy after. Um, all right. The Gladiators, since we last talked, announced that they re-signed Chew, Skewed, and Space. And then they signed... Funny Astro, Ons, and Reiner. Is that how you say his name? Reiner? I assume so. Uh, so those are some very big signings right there, obviously. They had previously um, re-signed Kevster. We talked about that in one of our last episodes. So the roster is Space, Kevster, Shoe, Skewed, Funny Astro, Ons, Reiner. It's looking very good. I mean, my God, the Funny Astro, Ons signings insane though um such good signings for for the la gladiators here i think everyone is hoping though that funny astro doesn't get just perma benched much like moth did uh, when he was signed to the gladiators because the shoe skewed duo seems to be hard to break up on los angeles gladiators um what what are what were your initial thoughts to these signings? I mean, these are Ons kind of broke the internet too, but it came out at like the same time as the controversy that we'll we'll talk about in a bit. What were your initial reactions to all these signings, Joe? Yeah, the <laughs> the point about Funny Astro is definitely valid. I mean, with um, with the season that the rest of this sport line just had, I mean that's uh, you're right. Definitely not something that you're. Um, going to be super interested in breaking up at least not you know not without good reason not without uh, a solid plan so yeah yeah that's definitely valid but at the same time i was really glad to see him come back um you know not that um not that i, I assumed he wasn't going to find a spot but um but yeah really good to see funny Astro back good to see uh Ons picked up as well uh come alongside kevster um um, I want to highlight Reiner. This one of um, one of a couple players we're going to talk about this, uh, during this particular show that um, uh, also has uh, a background in collegiate, which uh, collegiate Overwatch, which obviously I'll I'll highlight as um, um, the <laughs> the you know most directly collegiate Overwatch connected person on the show, I guess. <laughs> Um, but but just came most directly from uh, Redbird Esports, the University of uh, Illinois, I believe it is, yeah. um, uh, which is super cool. Um, or maybe it's Illinois State. Uh, yeah, Illinois State. Yeah, Illinois it's, State. Illinois State. Yeah, all the all the Illinois listeners are yelling at me <laughs> in a few seconds, but it's fine. Uh, which they they've been winning. Anyway. they've been winning a ton this fall as well. They won. Um, contenders season three um and then they, they yeah, just won the mayhem fall classic team yeah yeah one of the one of the best uh college overwatch teams in in north america absolutely uh and so yeah cool to see him and like i said a couple couple of his teammates um <laughs> bumping up to the league here uh certainly big shoes to fill uh <laughs> we talked about that um but um uh, but, but yeah, I, I am feeling really good about this this Gladiators roster, uh, which I assume is probably not complete. Uh, although it it could be because they're at seven. I yeah, think. Yeah, um, DPS maybe is the only so, thing I can see them adding at this point. 
Yeah. Um, which I uh, definitely think could be helpful. But, helpful. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, nice, nice, uh, nice signings overall. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, I agree. I think all three signings are pretty nice. I, I mean, obviously they're big names, but um, and specifically Ons and Funny Astro, two big names who obviously didn't have Ons retired and came back last year, but never really looked like himself back to his normal self. And then Funny Astro had a pretty significant worse a year than his first year in which he did super well. So um, I, I think the latter years are going to hope these um, two players can really come up. Um, there's another big name news here, and it's Depe leaving the Los Angeles Gladiators, the head coach of the Gladiators since since they started all four seasons. So um, the Gladiators will will be will have a new head coach next year, and it is Face, who uh, was their assistant coach this past year. I don't know how long he's actually been their assistant coach for. Um, let's see, since 2020 it seems. So two years. Um, and they also got Unter and Smash, Unter from um, Atlanta Rain, to join as assistant coaches. But Deepa leaving is, was pretty big news for a little bit there because he went on stream uh, a couple day, maybe a day or two after he left, and talked about how he didn't get fired and how he quit and and uh, all these crazy things about how they just weren't respecting him, they weren't they weren't um, listening to him and and what he thought they should do in the off season. So he just wanted to leave. He didn't feel like he was getting the respect he deserved. Um, so, yeah, Deepa ended up leaving. Lots of controversy around it. Uh, he's, I think he's pretty sad about it. Everyone's pretty sad about it. I mean, Deepa was a gr- has been a great coach. I don't think he's been, like, the best coach or anything, but he's been, you know, he's been a, gr- a pretty great coach who has helped the Gladiators be in the top half of the league every year. So... What do you think about uh, that news? Do you think Face is going to be a good... I mean, I don't think either of us could know how much of an impact Face has on this team, but, yeah, what, what do you think about the the coach coaching shuffle here in L.A.? Uh, yeah, I think you're you're definitely right in there in terms of, you know, it's a little bit early to to make a, a kind of a judge on, on Face or anything like that, but, um, yeah, we can absolutely talk up D-Pay all day. I mean, definitely one of the... Um, um, the the more consistent coaches in the league for sure, um, you know, right up there with um, Krusty and, and those kinds of guys, um, uh, and a, a big face in the community too, which is part of what you know what made the um, all the stuff around his departure so. Uh, but it, I don't know. I was gonna say interesting, but interesting isn't necessarily the right word. But um, this is so engaging with the community. Um, that, yeah, clearly, the, you know, something weird was going on. There were miscommunications, um, to, to say the least, um, the, through that whole thing. And, and it sounds like, uh, ultimately, both um, parties, you know, seem to be interested in, in what was best for the team. So that's that, that's a good thing as far as that goes. Um, um, but yeah, definitely, in odd circumstances, um, and uh, I'll be really interested to see what happens with Depay uh, as you know we progress. But um, but it, it, yeah, again, like we we're talking about, the, the signings are definitely um, um, definitely looking nice. Yeah, it might not even matter if Face isn't a great coach because that that roster is super talented. So uh, yeah, I I wondered I'm wondering to see if Depay lands anywhere. Obviously, there's a lot of co- controversy around him leaving and. Um, seems like, it, at least from some statements released by people who still work for the Gladiators, he wasn't the easiest person to work with sometimes. But I think there's still some teams that could use a head coaching upgrade. I mean, but it sucks because a lot of these teams already have, like, either signed new head coaches or, like, uh, promoted their assistant coaches to be their head coach. Like, I don't know who's left. Like, maybe the Vancouver Titans or something. Um it feels like Depe just left like a week too late before people were like all ready to sign head coaches and all that stuff. So unless unless these teams are willing to be like, oh, I know we just signed you as head coach, but we're gonna get Depe and you're gonna be an assistant coach now, which <laughs> just doesn't really happen. Uh, yeah. Um. 
All right, that's that's the gladiators. Uh, I mean, so far, if you ignore the deep paying news, I think it's another classic gladiators offseason of like signing huge names and they're going to be competing. They're spending big. All right, um, Soul, Soul Dynasty, I think, is also having one of their bigger off seasons for sure, as far as names signed. Um, they have now re-signed Creative, and then they have made three signings here: Smurf. Jonak in Vin. Okay, how do you pronounce <laughs> Vindame? Maybe. I I assume so. Vindame, yeah. um, who played for O2 Blast. Uh, that's the only name you probably wouldn't recognize if you're listening. You should recognize Smurf and Jonak, of course. Um, Smurf on San Francisco Shock previously, and Jonak on New York Excelsior previously. So. Now the roster is, looking at the roster, it's Fitz, Prophet, Creative, Stalker, Smurf, Jonak, and Vindame. Um, so they got three support, three DPS, one tank. So Soul might not be done here. They they probably should be looking for a uh, tank to go alongside Smurf here, unless they, they think Smurf can just do it all. Uh, they're going to need someone who can cover the off-tank heroes, most likely. Um, man, these are good signings, Joe. That's my initial reaction is... Ooh, it's it's looking good over for the Soul Dynasty, who I think has been nearing elite tier every year. Obviously, they made the championship one year. They want to be consistent. They want to be that team. Um, when they came in the league, everyone was, everyone was expecting them to be that team who's always at the top, but never really have made it to the tippy top. What do you, what do you think about these signs? Do you think these will help them get there? Uh, yeah, I think that, to say the least, that's um, definitely really, really good, um, really good look for Soul here. Um, uh, you, you know, retaining some of the pieces um, that have, have worked really well for you, and I guess particularly looking at uh, fits and profit there, um, and, and building out, um, like you said, probably not even done, but building out a, a nice roster around him. Um, you've got Jonak for a. Um, I, I think the the biggest value he contributes to this roster, I would assume, is going to be his experience. Um, it would be my guess, but I mean, <laughs> you've also got you know, um, you know, profit and fits and smurf on here, so I, I don't know. But um, uh, you, you've got Vindame um, pulled up again. One of um, several players we're going to talk about today uh, coming out of uh, O2 Blast, uh, recent uh, double uh, defending uh, contenders Korea champions. Uh, which is super cool. Uh, <laughs> they've gone to all sorts of teams here uh, in this offseason. Oh, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, absolutely. Soul and the Gladiators both um, are definitely teams that are have really stood out over these last two weeks. Um, and, and it's getting me excited to, to see what kind of, uh, you know, what kind of shenanigans end up getting pulled for this, the rest of this, excuse me, for the rest of this offseason. Um, because yeah, it's it's definitely uh, definitely exciting, and I think you've um, as a as a soul fan uh, for for those who are listening, I think you've you definitely got lots of room to be excited here. Oh yeah, definitely. I uh, I just like to go back to like someone in season one and say, you see, Jonak and Prophet are going to be on a team one day um, together. Uh, blow someone's mind; they would love it. Um, all right, let's move on to Boston, who. Um, I, I unfortunately have announced my departure from the Boston Uprising, so um, I, that's the biggest news here, Joe. Don't know why you put it down here. I don't know why <laughs> not. It's not on the list that I have departed Boston Uprising, but it's true. No, noted content creator. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but no, they they made some really cool signings here. Uh, it sucks. I've I've left at the wrong time. Clearly. Um, so they announced the re-signing of Punk, Faith, and Valentine, and then they have made some uh, three pretty great signings. Crimson, Marvel, and then Stryker has signed with the Boston Uprising. He has returned. Stryker, DPS player, of course, for the San Francisco Shock, won two championships with them, and uh, ended up retiring in the middle of the year, which I think is just code word for, I don't want to be on this team anymore. <laughs> um, is what it what it seems like at least from this offseason and if you didn't know Straker used to be on the Boston Uprising in season one 
And I, I, my last video for the Boston Uprising was his announcement video. And going back and looking at all his highlights from season one, oh my god, this guy is the best tracer, like, ever. He's so good. Uh, and he was just nuts. He carried this team so often. It was so much fun to watch. I can only hope he brings that that insane gameplay, Tracer gameplay, to the Uprising. Uh, because it was something they were sorely missing last year, of course. Um, everyone's going to talk about Striker, but I think you got two uh, pretty great signings in Crimson and Marvel. Crimson, I mean, everyone's talking about him in comparison to Myunbong. If I'm going to talk about him in comparison to Myunbong, I think Crimson's Ana is worse, but I think he's better at BAP. I think he's better at Moira. I think I think Myunbong was kind of becoming almost an Ana one trick. So I think getting Crimson is good. Getting a flexible player is good. Um, so I think it's kind of an upgrade in certain areas. And then Marvel um, being signed, of course, he played for the Soul Dynasty last year, main tank. And he will join Punk on this tank line. And I guess it's not a tank line anymore. It's more just one tank's going to be playing and it's like a one player's bench, one player's playing. Who knows how it's going to go. But Joe, what do you think about these signings? I think everyone's looking at these and they're like, okay, I think Boston's just straight up upgrading their roster from last year, which is good news for them um, for sure, right? Yeah, uh, I know... Uh, my my narrative I kept bringing up um, from Boston this um, this past overall season was you know thinking about um, how I, I considered that um, uh, Boston's most recent off season was the best they've ever had but I mean at this rate this is uh, it's it's definitely a, a contender here um, yeah you're talking about uh, talking about a, a tank line you know maybe it is more uh, of a, a a tank player and a, a tank <laughs> bench warmer, but at the same time, I mean, um, you know, I think that's the strategy that lots of teams are going to go with. So that's not not super surprising as far as that goes. But, um, but yeah, even just in general, um, Crimso um, definitely a good addition here um, to round out the roster six that they have, um, and obviously that means we know they're not done either. Um, uh, Marvel coming over from Seoul to Boston um, the Boston, or Boston has already the, the, the tank line traditionally has been a little funky um, but I, I think Punk, Punk and Marvel is a great core to work around uh, obviously still um, working from a mixed roster uh, you know picking sticking with what's worked as far as that goes so that makes good sense um, and we get to see more strikers so you know it, it, I, I imagine the team's going to lean pretty heavily on him oh, yeah. would be my guess uh, as we get into the season um, yeah. it's going to be good stuff I, mean, I fully fully expect Tracer to be good um, because Tracer not only is Tracer often very good but people, li people like when Tracer's good I don't think people are mad that Tracer's good all the time so I think that's something the developers don't mind and they're just like yeah Tracer's probably going to be good in Overwatch too it's fine. Um, so I think the striker pickup is absolutely huge. And it was the literally the downfall of the uprising last year was that they did not have a tracer player because they had to put Valentine on him all year uh, on tracer. And Valentine is not a tracer player. Valentine plays Genji, plays Doomfist, plays Echo. Um, Valentine does not play tracer. And, and I think that's a big reason why Valentine was quite disappointing after everyone hyped him up going into the offseason, is he was stuck on Tracer all year. When he played Genji or Echo, he was looking really good in the Uprising. We were looking really good. Um, but when he was forced on Tracer, or they had to bring Color Hex in to play Tracer or anything like that. It was just rough. Um, so I think this really opens the door for the Uprising. I think this is clearly what they spent most of their money on, for sure. And I think it was a good decision by Huck um, to, to pick up Strike or get a Tracer player. You, you need one. You just need one. Um, all right, let's move on. You can ask the Houston Outlaws about oh, that. Oh yeah, <laughs> definitely. You you just need. I mean, it's a, and you got and you get Striker, who is historically the best tracer player in the league. So not only did you get a tracer player, you got probably the best one. So good for you, Boston. Let's move on to Washington, um, who has definitely made some interesting moves so far this offseason. They snagged Happy from Houston, and 
I was very surprised um, until they dropped Jerry, and then I was like, okay, now that makes a little more sense. But Happy Assassin Decay is just nasty, and one of those people are is is gonna have to be not playing at a time, and that's sad to me. Um, but we got some different news besides that, and that they dropped Bebe, and then they picked up Vigilante and Krillin. Uh, of course, we know Krillin. Um, he had he was in the league on the London Spitfire before. Um, from actually 2018 to 2020. So he was there for a while. Uh, he left last year and all of last, all 2021, he was on T1. So Washington Justice bringing him back to the league support player. Um, and then Vigilante going to be their other support player, uh, who is actually going to be underage until July. So, and we do know for a fact it's going to start in May. Uh, so they're going to need to pick someone else up unless they want to put... That's why they signed Happy. They're going to put him on support. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Is that a thing? I no, I, don't. I, I just made it up. Yeah. I just made that up. But it's... I, <laughs> they'll, they'll pull a violet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to... I just wanted to like start a rumor. <laughs> and I, hope it, I hope it becomes a rumor. Um, <laughs> Happy's been been grinding his support yeah right. that's why they signed him <laughs> for, for when vigilante is underage uh no uh oh yeah i guess i should vigilante uh korean player uh last played with talent esports was on element mystic for a little bit uh yeah he's a flex support player all right joe what do you think about these additions slash the departure of Bebe? and uh tell me just what you're thinking about washington in general here uh, obviously hard to get hyped about them when they got overhyped last year yeah i think that's um definitely an accurate assessment there um that yeah it's it's we've been put off a little bit by by this team move in the past um I think there's definitely potential. There's, um, you know, clearly more building to do. Um, we, we've seen lots of these players, um, and we, we know the the potential is there. Um, but yeah, it's it's a lot of um, a lot of transition, a lot of um, searching for consistency when we really didn't get that out of this roster um, uh, over the past year. So that's that's going to be definitely valuable to to prepare for. Yeah. I agree. I gotta say, support line was probably the weakest part for the Justice last year, and bringing it in, I think Vigil, from what I've heard, Vigilante is pretty good. But um, unless Krillin had a good year on T1 last year and has clearly improved, I think I was a little underwhelmed by him on the Spitfires. So I don't think that pickup is that impressive to me, um, unless there's something I don't know about. Uh, but overall, I mean you still have really talented players here so it's like hard to it's hard to say it's hard to like not be hype about this team when you just look at their names and stuff so yeah washington still should be able to compete next year for sure no doubt in my mind on that um let's move on to dallas um who have made two signings since our last show uh, if you haven't been listening they've also signed chio uh, but now they have added Edison, who, of course, was on the Atlanta Reign last year, and Girio, Girio, um, who were from, um, what team was he on? Team Diamond in Korea. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, and he is a DPS player. So their roster at this point, Doha, Sparkle, Hump, and Fearless, uh, fielder, all from last year, and then they've added Chio, Edison, and Girio to their lineup to DPS and a support, of course. And I think DPS probably was a big, um, big target here in the offseason when they basically were just stuck with Doha and Sparkle last year. I think that was probably the the downfall in the end for their team was they just didn't have enough flexibility. Even though they have Pine there, they just never put him in, which maybe he wasn't performing well enough to go in, and that's my guess, but. Who knows? Uh, what do you think of, of this Dallas squad and these two signings to go along with it, Joe? Yeah, clearly this is a, a, a franchise that has not um, been afraid of, of DPS depth, uh, so I, I'm not surprised to see that here either. Um, 
Uh, and other than, other than that, in a lot in a lot of ways, it's a very similar roster uh, to what we've seen in the past. I think the the biggest change is going to be Edison. Um, um, but again, I don't know that that's um, necessarily going to be an issue here because this because uh, it is the Dallas people talking about. Um, they're they're working to cover, um, like you said, some of the some of the weaknesses that became obvious as the season went on. Uh, I think that's a really good sign uh, for for moving forward. Absolutely. Yeah, should be interesting to see. I don't. I, I I'd be interested to see how much playing time Edison gets. I thought he was um, definitely in the trio over in Atlanta this past year. Probably was least impressed by him, but uh, and now he's joining Sparkle Doha and Garyo is there going to be their hit scan guy. So uh, I'll be interested interested to see what Edison's role in this team is. Um, I mean, his main he, he he goes on Tracer Sparkle did pretty great on the Tracer this past year though. So um, we'll see if they if they use Edison for that or continue with Sparkle. Uh, all right, Guangzhou Charge, who um, their off season, of course, they had a fairly disappointing season, uh, and they have signed two players from contenders. Are develops not from contenders? I'm stupid. Develop is from Shanghai. Uh, just feels like he's from contenders because he never played. Um, develop, uh, of course, Korean uh, hit scan player on the Shanghai Dragons, so he is a champion. Uh, but even though he never saw playtime, and y- who is going to see playtime uh, when you are perma benched behind uh, good old F- Fleta um, DPS line there? I mean, it's it's rough, rough world out there. So we get develop, we get a young talent here. Uh, for the Guangzhou Charge, who, who didn't see playtime on the Dragons, probably wasn't going to see playtime going forward since they re-signed basically everyone. So smart of him to make to move somewhere else, and smart of Guangzhou to pick up uh, a very, I think, a pretty talented player here who uh, just isn't talented enough to start on that Dragons roster, which is the best roster. And then they signed Unique, main support player who played for T1 in Korean Contenders this past year. All right, and their rosters: Eileen, Rio, Krong, Choice, Juan, and now Develop Unique. They got six. Uh, it's still missing a support, so we should see more signings for sure. All right, Joe, what do you think about uh, these two signings and and how they fit in to this uh, Guangzhou roster that um, I think desperately needs some some new talent on it? Yeah, um, I think again, I think that's that's a good assessment. It's no secret. Um, that the, this roster didn't exactly uh, blow people out of the water um, uh, through this last Overwatch League season, uh, and not tons of changes relatively um, as far as you know the core of what we've seen of this Guangzhou team. Uh, still looking at Rio and Krong, still looking at Choice Wan and Eileen, um, you know, with um, these these new additions now and rebuilding the support line and this kind of stuff. Um, uh, I think it's notable, uh, unique coming out of um, T1. Evidently, the uh, uh, Philly Fusion decided not to jump for him, uh, <laughs> for what that's worth. I, I imagine. Uh, I would assume they at least, you know, uh, considered or had to had to sign off on it or something um, for, from being on an academy team. But, um, but yeah. The, so, so talking about uh, Guangzhou last year not being super impressive. Uh, and so nothing really jumps out me jumps out at me here yet. Um, um, uh, you know, I I think it's um, obviously they're not done roster building either. Uh, we've got a lot more to see, but um, um, yeah, it's it's definitely um, not um, not catching my eye yet. I think that's that is a good phrase yeah. <laughs> that I um, uh, threw out just there. Uh, and and they they have yet to to make that point for me. Yeah, I would have to agree there. I think some of their keeps. I think you keep Krong, and then Choice of Juan definitely had his uh, pretty good moments last year. So I think he's pretty keepable too. Rio, Eileen. I mean, Eileen's good. Like it's I don't know. You just have names here from the Guangzhou Charge that are like that are like okay, these names performed well in the past. Krong is like an auto keep, so it's like hard to to let some of these guys go. And maybe you just needed to. We'll see what it's like going forward. But 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 it looks like Guangzhou's not going with the signing big names. 
strategy they're going with the okay let's find contenders talent and hopefully it pays out that way so nice for the Guangzhou charge we'll see if uh, they're clearly going to have some more uh, signings going forward let's move on to Florida uh, the Florida Mayhem have made some signings here um, Sir, Ma Sir Majd and Hydron they both have signed um, Sir Majd is actually a Saudi player I don't know if there's been a Saudi player in this league. There probably hasn't, I would imagine. Uh, but yeah, he's from Saudi Arabia. Uh, played with uh, played with some contenders teams in NA and EU in his past here. Uh, so that's a very interesting signing. He's a support player. And then Hydron, uh, DPS for, uh, you guessed it, Redbird Esports, of course, uh, who obviously dominated this year in uh overwatch contenders and was on american tornado before he moved to redbird esports uh and they were also dominating so yeah if you're picking up an na player it's most likely going to be on redbird from Red, redbird esports uh if not uprising academy uh so yeah they have those two players they and um what else they do they re-signed checkmate uh, who was a DPS player for them last year, obviously. And then McGravy has come into assistant coach, and they officially have dropped Yaki, which I assumed was going to happen. I assumed they were trying to trade him, and maybe they just couldn't get the money they wanted from him. They ended up dropping him. All right, Florida. Uh, Florida is, uh, you know, they're finally making some moves here, but a long way to go here, right, Joe? Absolutely, and not just uh, not just numerically. Um, it's, a, it's a team that that likes to rebuild, uh, likes to burn it down and start again. Uh, it hasn't, you know, it's been various degrees of successful as far as that goes. But uh, but, but yeah, it's definitely a start. Uh, a couple of nice names there to to round out the beginning. Um, um, I, I, in the back of my head, I, I was thinking there's there's got to be another Saudi player because it sounded super familiar. Um, uh, sure enough, KSA of the uh, Vancouver Titans way back ah. when uh, is from Saudi Arabia. Wow. Okay. So, there you go. So, so, so that definitely wasn't who I was yeah. thinking of. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, oh, and it, to the Wikipedia page says that his uh, player ID, KSA, stands for the kingdom of saudi oh Arabia. wow so, wow he's he's repping hard <laughs> yeah uh, so for what for what information that's worth for you but um but yeah you know a good core here for florida uh, again clear clearly going mixed roster and this kind of stuff but um uh, lots lots of work still to go um um and, and again trying to make something work that um statistically hasn't a lot um, in, in the past for this org. Yeah, uh, should be interesting to see how this rebuild goes. Seems like they're going contenders like NA talent here at first and from the rumors. So, uh, should be interesting going from that full your or full Korean over to most likely a full uh, English speaking team. Uh, Houston Outlaws move on to them. They have made one signing since our last show, and it was Iris from the Atlanta Rain as well. He joins. Uh, his teammate at Atlanta Rain Pelican uh, here on the Outlaws roster. So, Outlaws currently Dante, Piggy, Jake, Pelican, and now Iris. Uh, I think I've, a lot of people agree Pelican and Iris, fanta both fantastic years, and probably two of the best players on the Atlanta Rain. So, really good pickups for the Outlaws there. I mean, if I think they said, okay, if Atlanta Rain's going to drop their best players, we'll take them. Uh, we will take them. Uh, they made the championship last year. We will definitely take them. So yeah, Dante Piggy, Jake, if he if he will be playing uh, as a player and not moving on to a coach, and then Pelican Iris. Um, I think that's a pretty good start for the Outlaws. What say you, Joe? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like you said, not not tons has changed. Um, obviously, since last time we talked about him, but. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely on a, a good uh, direction as far as that goes. And yeah, I'd love to see, I'd love to see Jake, um, you know, really pouring his energy into, um, into that kind of coaching role. Um, but yeah, we'll see how how things continue to evolve for him. Yeah, I, I mean, all I know is Houston's definitely willing to spend here. We'll see if 
Uh, we'll see who else they're able to snag this offseason. Uh, all right, on to Toronto, who is definitely also willing to spend this offseason. They picked up three players since their last show. Hotba, Chorong, and Muse. Uh, all joining the Toronto Defiant. Of course, uh, last episode we talked about how Twilight joined the Toronto Defiant. So these four signings, pretty good signings uh, for sure. Uh, Hotba Muse obviously should be pretty familiar names if you watch the Overwatch League. Muse on the LA Gladiators last year in his rookie year. Was a super consistent player. Played very well. Gladiators dropped him because, of course, they drop every main tank they have. Uh, and then uh, Hotpa been in the league for such a long time at this point um, with the Philly Fusion, then New York, and then back to the Philly Fusion, and now on the Toronto Defiant. And then you have a new name here in Cho Rong, who was on Talon Esports and Contenders Korea last year. He is a main support player um, who is looked highly upon. Everyone thinks he's a, a pretty good talent. So he joins Twilight there in that support line. Uh, and of course, their only DPS right now is Hisu, who I think was a great, uh, a pretty good player to keep, at least on the Defiant. Probably their best player last year, even though I think he had a disappointing year in comparison to his first year with the Philly Fusion. Wow, Toronto's willing to spend here, Joe. This is shaping up to be their best year yet, I would say. And they have had their fair share of disappointing years where they sign <laughs> s- sign a lot of old-time names who I know are kind of dying off usually, Joe. I don't think Muse or Twilight are old names that are dying off necessarily. I think you've signed familiar names who are still pretty good pretty good players so i think toronto they look good here but i think it comes down to like their organization clearly they've had good talent before and it has gone to waste they're really gonna have to get um get to coaching these players well kdg uh former uh, who obviously joined last year he's, he's really gonna have to use this talent well and if it's not working again man that's gonna be disappointed for toronto um, what, what do you think about this so far? Is Toronto here to compete this year, Joe? Uh, it certainly seems like it. I, I'm definitely, definitely uh, right there in with your assessment as far as that goes. Um, and yeah, I understand um, uh, Chorong was a pretty pretty hot commodity um, that that's, uh, the Toronto Defiant were able to, to snag. Um, so, so, so yeah, it's, it's, it's super exciting. Um, uh, again, definitely not, definitely not done building, but the pieces are really nice. Um, uh, and, and, and yeah, you know, um, <laughs> I think you you pretty well said it there. Um, that it, it's a matter of how they're how they're able to close it out, um, you know, financially and roster wise and, and otherwise, coaching wise, um, you know, try to try to really make something out of the season. Yeah, definitely. Uh, let's move on to the Philly Fusion, who I think are having a funny offseason. It's funny to watch the fans, Joe, I'll be <laughs> honest, of the Philly Fusion upset in in the comment section of almost every signing uh, that another team has. Just just like, oh, God, why didn't we get this player? Uh, why aren't we getting any of these players? What, why are we missing, them, missing out on all these players? Um, because of course the Philly Fusion dropped almost all their their entire roster uh, this past this past year basically, um, or is allowing them to, to sign in new places. Right now, where they sit, they have Carpe and Alarm from last year, who are obviously two good players to keep, and now they have officially signed their first two signings of the off season, and that is uh, Zest and MN3, both from T1, their Korean contenders team. Uh, MN3, a DPS player, hit scan specialist, and then another DPS player in Zest, um, who was more on the projectiles. He's got he's got that Valentine uh, hero pool kind of Genji, Doom, Echo, uh, Safira in there. So, yeah, they have started off by building uh, up their DPS line here. Clearly, to join Carpe, they got three uh, pretty good DPS players here. Now they've got. Uh, a lot, a lot to go here, though, right, Joe? How, how are you feeling about this offseason as a Philly fan? 
Yeah, it's been a roller coaster, that's for sure. Uh, but again, you know what? What fill the off season isn't yeah. as far as that goes. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, Zest and uh, MN3, good additions um, as far as that goes. Um, uh, you're talking about um, you're talking about hero pools. Um, the it's also very much an uh, EQO type hero mm, pool for yep. Zest as well, um, uh, which is nice because that's you know the kind of kind of coverage you need when you're playing alongside Carpe. Um, uh, but, but yeah, definitely um, some some you know respected names. I think is is fair to say, um, just like we were talking about with um, whoever we were just talking with that about. Um, Choron yeah. <laughs> is was yes. the name I'm thinking of. Um, just like we were talking about with him, I think this is definitely uh, definitely good pieces um, and respectable pieces, um, and it's. There's still so many questions about this roster uh, in terms of you know what, what it's finally going to look like and what shape it's going to take and all this kind of stuff. But at least for now, um, uh, people can be satisfied enough. Um, you know, I think again, at least for now, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, things look like they've got uh, people. People look like they've got their heads on straight and all that. Yeah. So I'm excited. I mean, this this could be what. F- uh, uh, very similar to what Philly did two years ago, um, where they did br- they did bring in those rookies, they did bring in those contenders players, um, like Funny Astro, Alarm, all those people. This could be another one of those years because it seems like the years where they're not doing that um, definitely a little bit more disappointing. So uh, they've got they're very good at recruiting. They have a contenders team, so I tr- I trust them when they're signing these young players for sure. Uh, excited to see what they do going forward. Uh, and they're definitely on the boat of one of those teams more and more wanting to sign rookies rather than uh, these well-known names is, is what it seems like right now. Another team doing that is the San Francisco Shock so far, uh, who have officially announced their uh, signings here, their first three signings. And they're all O2 Blast players. We mentioned O2 Blast earlier. They are the uh, they were the Korean champions all year in season one and season two. So I think they're a team that everyone is looking at, and especially the San Francisco Shock. They have signed Finn, a, a support player, flex support player. Uh, Kilo, who is a DPS player, uh, hit scan, And then Proper, uh, who is hit scan mixed with like Echo Tracer. So uh, they, there you go. San Francisco's first three signings in their rebuild, which we haven't gotten to see a, a San Francisco rebuild. They kind of started off in a rebuild almost mode. I feel like they started off by signing a bunch of promising talent, and then it paid off, and now they're rebuilding again. Um, and of course, those three players join uh, Super and Violet uh, to shock mainstays who are who they will be building around. Um, obviously, I mean, what can you say more about these signs, right, Joe? Three good signs from a team that was obviously good all year. I mean, this is who you go with. This is the safe bet, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and this was, uh, I think if you've, if you've heard of any of these players, um, I assume you've heard of proper, um, which I say because I know I've heard of proper (laughs) (laughs) and, and how impressive he's been looking, um, uh, just in general, it's good to see him in the league. But, um, uh, but yeah, these are the kind of um, kind of solid pickups you expect, um, particularly from a team that did as much dismantling as the San Francisco Shock did um, in the off season. Uh, you know, which granted wasn't an exorbitant amount, but but enough that it's good um, to, to start building this out again um, and, and building out with this kind of. Um, this kind of quality it's definitely definitely exciting to yeah see. definitely i mean I, I the shock it's still a big name you know even though they lost the championship i think a lot of players are still going to want to go to the shock even if the even if the roster is just completely being a rebuild here you, you still got crusty there you know the best coach in in owl basically is there I, it's it, between him and moon at this point but it, you get my point shock is still going to be a desired place for a lot of players so I uh, expect them to get some good signings. Uh, Paris Eternal, we got one piece of news for them, which is actually the first first signing uh, here in this offseason. Uh, they have added Glister to their roster, which is a very interesting signing because obviously they were full European last year. 
the year after they were mixed, they were European Korean. Uh, and now they have made a Korean signing, and it is Glister, who of course played for the San Francisco Shock last year, um, and played for the London Spitfire before that. So has been they, he's been on a European team before, I guess technically, even though they were in Asia at that point. Um, but yeah, Glister joining Naga on that DPS line, and if you didn't know, Paris also kept Drijo, Khan, and Don. Um, so that's their roster right now. Um, with J Mac as their head coach, I mean this one good sign. This is one signing, but I mean, were you surprised to see it? Uh, clearly, Paris willing to add Koreans back to the roster here this year, Joe. Yeah, uh, you know it's definitely a sort of change in um, uh, perspective as far as that goes. You know, maybe that um, it has more to do with um, the the change in coaching now. Uh, you know, pulling in J Mac. Um, and and being uh, enabled to do the kinds of things that um, he, you know that he's he wants to do that he's comfortable doing uh, with this roster and again you, you know Glister you can't really go wrong with <laughs> anyway um, the it's a nice story there you know coming from from London to Shock and now back to Paris um, that'll be you know we'll, we'll see that play out as the season goes on but uh, but yeah not, not a bad way to go. Um, um, for Paris at all. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, and then our last team, last news today, is Atlanta Rain, uh, who just straight up said, okay, here's our whole roster. This is it. This is our final roster. Uh, we're announcing it. Uh, they didn't announce any signings, basically. They just all at once said, "Here, here's, here's all of it. Here's our roster. Um, and they, of course, have Gator, Hawk, Kai, who they kept from last year. And to build around that, They've got Nero, of course, shock player from last year, Guangzhou player before, um, and then to go alongside some rookies here, Venom, OG, and Ultraviolet. Um, all really cool names, to be honest. I said those, and I was like, "Wow, those are those are some cool names." I should mention that OG <laughs> is not is not o- the OG we know. OG, um, it's O J E E, but uh, yeah, Venom. He uh, played on Odyssey, retired for a little bit uh, in in NA Contenders. He's actually Korean, who I know they said he's technically Korean. I know they said they were going all NA, but I imagine since he was playing in NA Contenders, he can speak English well. Um, so I imagine that, that counts as NA for them. Then he got Ultraviolet, who's actually turning 18 a month before, before the league starts. Redbird Esports, of course. Uh, and then OG who was on American Tornado and Bobby Wasabi, a main support player. All right, so that final roster, Gator, Hawk, Kai, Nero, Venom, OG, Ultraviolet. It's the first like official final roster announcement we have. They've locked it in. Um, I, I'm sure it's not completely locked in and they could sign someone else if they really wanted to. But uh, Joe, thoughts on this roster right here? I mean, you got high expectations coming in for the Atlanta Rain, especially after last year. Um, so, w- w- what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, it's it's definitely nice. Um, yeah, that was definitely uh, you, you know part of the part of the big announcement too. You know, you know, listen, we're the you know number two uh, number two team in the league right now, like it or not, and, and this is the roster we're we're moving towards. Um, uh, and yeah, you know, really not bad. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing, um, you, you know, community names like uh, OG, particularly, um, uh, you know, you know, North American Overwatch community names like OG, <laughs> um, um, finally making it up in league. Uh, Ultraviolet too, uh, who we've seen, you know, sort of floating around for a while. But, um, uh, but yeah, clearly Atlanta's committed. They're ready to jump into it. Um, that's super exciting, and yeah, you're right. They definitely, I'm sure, have the ability to to make some tweaks between now and then. But um, it's definitely uh, definitely exciting to see um, uh, where they are. You know, this this early in the game. So to speak. yeah, uh, I think this is a nice uh, nice little roster they've put together here, Jeff, for sure. I I think they will be competing this year. They've they've while they did get rid of Pelican, who I think was their best player, they've still kept some great players here like Gator and Hawk, who have been 
just super consistent. I think both of them had their best years last year. So I, unless they fully drop off again this year, I, I do think um, they should have a good time here. And they kept Kai. Nero's great. I mean, this is just, they're going to be good again. Atlanta Rain has always competed at least. Uh, there have been years where they definitely weren't elite, but they have always been competing. So I, I expect them to do so again. All right. Uh, anything else to say here? Because uh, that was the last last signing we'll talk about before we sign off, Joe. Uh, yeah, I think that's just about it for now. Um, the the off season definitely continues, uh, and and we're gonna you know bring you all of it as it yeah, comes. Yeah, I'm excited. There should be lots more exciting signings to go, as everyone seems to have half their roster. Basically, um, should be exciting. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at JWGeorgeIV, Joe at Kirkpatrick underscore Inc., and our show at On The Flank Show. You're listening to this in one way. If you want to listen to it in a different way, go to on-the-flank.pinecast.co, and we're on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, continue to enjoy this crazy off season. <laughs>